Hello, and welcome to episode number 224 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping passion-led online business owners and entrepreneurs learn how to use social media as a tool to grow your business. I'm your host, Andrea Jones, and I'm fiercely committed to helping you understand both the how and the why of social media marketing so that you can create connection, build community, and make your difference in the world. This show is brought to you by Sendable, which is the tool my agency uses every day to schedule and manage and analyze our client social media results. Try them out for yourself by going to onlinedre.com slash Sendable. This is part two in our series all about how to hire the right social media support. And today I'm talking about how to find your dream person, your person, the one who's going to be taking over your social media accounts. Um, and this is such a delicate process because there's some intimacy involved here. I was talking with a friend who does bookkeeping and same thing. Like when I hand over the reins to my QuickBooks, y'all have a lot of information on me and my business and it feels very vulnerable. And I think the same is very similar for social media. I know working with my clients, sometimes it does feel vulnerable to be all up in their DMs or to see the behind the scenes of their launches. And so I know that that can be challenging. So I want to use today's episode to talk through how to identify who you need. Do you need a person? Do you need a team? How much should you budget for this? Um, And then how do you actually go out and find that person? So let's start with the types of support. And I like to break this into two categories, in-house support and outsourced support. And y'all, I've hired for both. So I'm going to give you all the details. Um, but the in-house support is really just a dedicated person to your business. This is what I hire for my agency. So when I'm hiring a social media manager, a social media assistant, they're dedicated to my business. They work for me and me only. Right. Um, I also find that having dedicated people means that you can custom fit them to your strategies. You're training them. They're usually employees or, you know, long term contractors. Um, so there's some longevity as well in hiring this person. You're committing to them. They're committing to you. But you can also have outsourced support. This is how we help our clients. So usually it's more fractionalized talent from VAs to graphic designers to video editors. So you have fractionalized support, meaning you have different people doing different tasks. And I love outsourced support as well, because usually these people are already talented in a specific area. So you don't need to train them. You don't need to have a huge lift for, you know, building out strategies and things like that. They usually know what's happening, uh, but it comes at a little bit of a higher price point. So, you know, as you're deciding that, that's one of the questions to ask. Um, but the different types of fractionalized support, there, there's actually different levels here. So you can go with, and I'm talking specifically about social media here. You can go with a virtual assistant. This tends to be like a Jack or Jill of all trades. They do all the things in business. And one of them happens to be helping out with your social. And I think virtual assistants are great for those newer or beginner business owners because they tend to be more affordable and they can do other things in your business. They can respond to email. They can, you know, help you with your newsletters. They can help you make a design in Canva, they can write a social media caption. Okay. So they typically can do a lot of things. Then the next level up is a freelancer and specifically someone in social media. So they 
sometimes call themselves social media managers or social media strategists, but this is typically someone who is handling your social media. So they're definitely more strategic than a virtual assistant who is kind of a doer. You have to just tell them what to do. Social media managers typically specialize in social media. So we're talking about a manager. This is someone who fully manages your accounts. They're creating the content. They usually can edit video, design graphics, write captions. They can also respond to comments and messages. They live and breathe this every single day. A social media strategist is someone who's a little higher up than that. So the next step would be a social media strategist who really lives in the strategy. They typically also are a manager in that they manage the day-to-day, but they also build out strategies, send you reports, audit your accounts, and think bigger picture about social media at large. And again, because they are in a strategic role, they typically cost a little bit more, but you're getting way more ROI on that investment because they're tuned in to what's working in your business. Social media strategists tend to also look at email marketing, also look at other digital marketing areas because they want to make sure that social is aligned with your marketing as a whole. Um, So you have your virtual assistant, you have your freelancers. Those tend to be individuals. Sometimes you have a freelancer who works with a few contractors. I know I did that for years, um, which I loved that experience as well. Um, But those are individual folks. The next level up from that is an agency. So that's what I have today. An agency has a full team in place. So even though this is fractionalized talent, it's not an in-house role. With an agency, they typically have more talent on staff. So they have a graphic designer, a video editor, account manager, strategists, analysts. You know, they have the team in place to be able to deliver a higher quality of service than a virtual assistant or a freelancer. The other thing about agencies as well is I know this from my agency. You know, if someone needs to take time off, we have coverage for that. Um, with the agency as well, we have a higher price point because we do fully invest in leveling up the whole team. So when you have someone in house, you're investing in that. Um, with an agency, we are. So one of the things this year, for instance, is fully invested in our team getting diversity, equity, and inclusion certification so that we can service our clients from an even better place. Um, you know, I invest in all of the tools and tech when it's an agency. You don't have to buy, you know, Sendable because we use it in house. Um, you know, with an agency as well, we are able to really streamline a lot of the things that we offer because we have a system in place. We have a process already. So when clients come in, there's an onboarding process, there's a process to creating content, and there's a process to delivering reports and strategies. So all of that is in place. With a freelancer or virtual assistant, or even with an in-house team, you may have to put some of those pieces in place. So as you're deciding what works best for you, a few things to analyze. Number one is your budget. VAs and social media managers tend to be on the lower end. Some charge hourly, some charge package rates, but you're probably looking around 500 to 2000 a month. Okay, so this is for someone to help you with your social media, a VA or social media manager. Social media strategists and agencies tend to be higher level. So anywhere from 2000 and, and up a month. I know for us, most of our clients are between 2000 and 10000 a month um, just for social media. So when you're thinking about that budget, you want to be able to match that. And y'all, one of the questions that I'll talk about this later is that 
you know, as you're analyzing your needs, you want to know what you actually need in your business. So if you're thinking about um, like you want high level strategy, but you're hiring a VA, there's going to be a total mismatch in expectations, right? So if you're hiring someone at, you know, $15, $20 an hour, you're not going to probably get high level strategy. You're going to have to train them. You're going to have to teach them on your tools and tech. And for some of you, that's great. I know for me and my business, when I'm hiring people, I want to train them on our way of doing it. We have the training in place. I want them to do it my way. (laughs) Right? But if you're a business owner and you're busy and you do not have the time to train someone, you're literally losing money if you spend time training someone. So now you need to pay some for someone who's already trained. They can come in the door and knock it out of the park right away. Right? So... That's something to consider with budget. It's not just how much can you afford, but how much can you not afford, right? When you're thinking about, you know, if I'm spending time on this training, this person in my business, I'm not spending time sending proposals and, you know, closing new business and all of those things. So that time to train as well, you know, every single person that you bring in, you will need some time to onboard them, right? There's no such thing as not having any time to onboard. You need less time with an agency or a high-level freelancer. You need more time with a virtual assistant or an in-house person. Um, but you need to kind of budget that time. So it's not just the money. You're budgeting the time. So I know for our agency, we have a whole onboarding process. It's an intake form. It probably takes about an hour or two for our clients to fill that out. And then we have two kickoff calls. Um, one that's really like the bigger kickoff call than a smaller like strategy call. That's another hour that we need. So you're looking at two to three hours to onboard someone. So we need to kind of budget for that time. And then you need to analyze what you need as far as process. I know one of the really big clients that we just bought on um, hired us specifically because they needed a process in place. And we're actually a stopgap between hiring an in-house team. So this client, very well-known business coach in this space, is looking to hire a team, but they don't want to spend the time with a social media manager, a graphic designer, a video editor, an analyst, a strategist. They know they need all of those roles, but they hired an agency first because they get we were at the stopgap, right? So do you need a process in place or do you already have a process that you can plug someone into? Um, if you already have the process, then go with the in-house person, go with a virtual assistant or a freelancer who you can just plug into that process. But if you need help building process, like you don't know what to post, when to post it, how to post it, then hiring an agency or high-level strategist to get things started could be helpful. And you can even marry the two ideas. You know, some people offer VIP days or strategy packages. I know we have a strategy package, for instance, where someone can come in, we give them the strategy, and then they give it to their virtual assistant or their in-house person. So there's room there to play around and build out what you need specifically. But I do want to emphasize really analyzing your needs here because there are so many ways that you could work with someone, you really want to start at the end and reverse engineer it. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about how to actually go out and find those people. How do you create a job posting? And then how do you hire that person? Like what questions do you ask in the interview? All of those things So we'll get to that when we get back. Imagine a world 
where your social media is completely taken off of your plate, things are consistent, you're showing up on all of the major platforms, and all you have to do is show up in your favorite way possible, whether that be your podcast, your blog, your newsletter. Well, that world is a reality for a lot of my clients, and I want it to be a reality for you too. Here's what some of our clients said about working with us. To some degree, Andrea, I mean, yes, we do, you know, work together to some degree too, because full disclosure, her company helps us with our social media and has for a long time. So we do have a working relationship. Online Andrea offered a community of support in which I knew I was being taken care of. I knew that I was understood at a deep level because we shared these values. The beauty of working with this team is the fact that they spend the time to get to know you as a person, your heart as an entrepreneur. If you're ready for a team who can handle your social media, help you get better results in your business, and help you grow, come work with us. Head on over to the website onlinedrea.com and click services in the navigation bar. All right, back to the show. All right, and we're back. So I want to talk about creating a job posting first because I so often see people post in a Facebook group and they say, I need a social media manager. Who do you recommend? And that is not the right place to start, my friends. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to tell it to you like it is. Yes, you can find some amazing people that way. I'm not saying that you can't. I'm just saying you're making it way harder for yourself because now you have to sort through all of the tags that go through and and honestly, the people who are ready and waiting to like say, hire me, they're not busy enough. <laughs> so sometimes I wonder, like, do I want to hire someone who's like constantly in a Facebook group trying to get business? Because that means they're they're empty. <laughs> like they don't have a lot of clients. So I don't know. Maybe that's me being a little bit judgy. Um, but I also think from the business owner perspective, you're you are giving yourself a lot of work to do when you have to sort through all of those potential leads. So I want you to create a job posting. No matter if you're hiring someone for five hours a week, I want you to create a job posting because the job posting will really help you sort out the exact person that you need. And then you'll be able to have a process for filtering through if people are a good fit or not. So yes, it's a little bit of upfront work, but also I find it so, so, so much more helpful than um, trying to sort through all of the things. Okay. So in your job posting, I want you to put a few things and these things are strategically placed to attract the right people and repel those who aren't a good fit. Because we've all been in a place where we've hired someone and we instantly go, oh my gosh, this is not a good fit. (laughs) And then we try to force it and make it work and it doesn't work. It never works. So this is a job posting that I use um, no matter who I'm hiring, contractors, employees, and everyone in between. So the first thing you want to put in the job posting is your company values your company values, because you want someone who aligns with those values. So for instance, in my business, we take the weekends off. I know we're a social media company. I know, but we take the weekends off. So I want to attract people who believe in that. We also are obsessed with social media. Like if you don't obsess over social media, it's not going to be fun working here. Um, We also communicate a lot. Like if you don't like Slack and Zoom, you're not going to like working here. So we put those company values in our job posting. 
And then we look for them in the application and in the hiring process. So another example is one of our company values is fierce integrity. Like we handle sensitive information for our clients. Um, we're logged into their social accounts. Like if you don't believe in fierce integrity, you're not going to work here. You're not, you're not going to like it. And so we have that in our values and we look for that in the job process. So think about your values, put it in your job posting. The next thing is we outline our needs and you want to outline these very clearly. So even if, again, even if it's five hours a week, you want to list out what you need because what happens is when you just post in a Facebook group and say, I need a social media manager, you're going to get people telling you a lot about what they offer. And then now you have to think about if it's something you need. Right. So I want you to go ahead and write down what you need now. And then if you look at someone's offer, you can go, Oh, yes, I need this part and this part and not that part. Okay. So write down exactly what you need. And then also put in personality things. So I like to label this as, you know, please apply if or please don't apply if. So please apply if you really love personal development. Like my clients are usually in personal development spaces. They're business coaches, life coaches, leadership coaches. Like if you don't like Brene Brown, um, if you don't, you know, listen to podcasts like Oprah's podcast, like you're not going to like it here. <laughs> so I put that in the job posting because I really want people who are impassioned by um, personal development and growth. And so. They show up for our clients in different ways because our clients are in those categories. So I put that in the job posting. So start thinking about this person's personality as well. Um, Another thing we started putting in as well is like, you love a good pop culture reference. You speak in memes and gifs. Like (laughs) we want the people who like totally relate to that. And so putting that in the job posting has really helped us find the right people. And the people we find are excited now to work with us because they we um, put in those little personality bits. And then the last thing you want in your job posting is how you work. So how you show up to work. Um, so for a lot of our social media roles, we want people who are curious, excited, passionate, eager. And then we also, for our in-house roles, clearly put that this is a full-time role. So we don't, like, especially if it's a full-time in-house role, we don't encourage people to apply if they have another full-time role because it's pretty intense. Um, now, you can have a side hustle. We love a good side hustle. A lot of our team has side hustles, but this is not really the kind of workplace where you could, you know, work on your uh, work in between calls or like take half days all the time. Like we really work intensely during the week, which is why we are really strict about our work hours and our weekends because we work really intensely during the week. So we emphasize like this is an intense role. It's an intense workplace. We're a high level agency. We have a lot of high level clients. We have a lot of things that we do during your work day. It's going to take up all of your workday time. <laughs> like when we say 30 to 40 hours a week, we mean 30 to 40 hours a week of working time. Um, so we clearly put that in the job description because it's not the kind of job where you can just like watch Netflix all day. Okay. So all of that goes in the job description. And this helps us attract the right people. And we just went through a round of hiring actually where we got someone amazing because of our beautiful job posting. So put a job posting together. All right. Then let's talk about the hiring process. I'm going to break this down into two categories. You can hire in-house or outsource, like I said. So the hiring process looks a little bit different for each. So let's start with outsourced hiring. So 
If you're hiring an outsourced person, meaning a virtual assistant, a VA, an agency, you know, someone who's not like an employee or a full-time person in your business, you still want to have an application process. I really still like the application process because it helps you determine if they're a good fit. Um, it really does depend though. Sometimes you can just source people. And I think this works really well with agencies where you don't really need an application because they have all of the details on their website. And in fact, an application may turn away a high-level agency. So typically with that, when that happens, you're getting a referral. You know, a lot of our clients are referrals. Um, someone goes, do you know a social media agency? And they go, yeah, you got to work with Andrea. It's usually like an email or a private message or like, I know so-and-so, right? So with those sorts of connections, you don't necessarily need a whole application process. You may not even need a job description. You still need to know your values, what you need, the person's personality, how you want to work. But they came in as a referral. You may not need the application process or even the job posting. What you do need is a consult call. So in this consult call, you need to determine if they're a good fit for you. You need to see proof of their work and you need to understand how they work. And so I'll talk about that because there's a lot of overlap with an in-house person as well, like what that call looks like. But this is kind of what you're determining with an outsourced person. And then if they check all of those boxes and you agree on a budget, go ahead and hire them because they're probably busy and good people never have space. (laughs) I know I always seem to have a wait list. I'm so sorry, guys. But um, we work with just about 20 clients and 20 clients. That's it. Um, so if we're at 20 clients, we don't have space. But if we do have space, there's an ad in this episode, I believe, or some of our episodes where we, we do run ads because we may have space. All right. So that's an outsourced team or individual. Um, if they are lower level, a virtual assistant, social media manager, you may still want to go through the application process. And it's very similar to the in-house process. So I do love an application. And in the application, I'm asking questions to reiterate what I put in the job posting. So an example would be our values. I want to know if they align with our values. So one of our values, for instance, is integrity. So I want to know, tell me something about... I don't want a cover letter. Tell me something about your work, how you show up, right? Um, which of our values really resonated with you? Or a lot of our clients are in personal development. Tell me about, you know, your own interests in personal development. You know, I'm asking things that I need to know to see if they're a good fit. And then we also ask the basics to, you know, um, what is your desired salary or your desired rate? What's your availability? What's your expertise and, you know, different social media platforms? You can put all of that in the application process. I used to also do a video in the application process, which I really do like, but I found that it was hindering some of my process. So I skipped the video and I now do an initial phone interview because the video I also found was a lot of work for someone if they weren't a good fit in the application. So you can still request a video in lieu of a phone interview, I think, Um, but Personally, I found I'd like to do it just with a select few people instead of making everyone go through that process. Just my opinion. Then after we do the initial phone interview, and y'all, the initial interview is really just a check on that person's commitment. 
Um, so yes, people submit applications all the time, but I cannot tell you how many times I get on an interview and they go, Oh, I already work somewhere or I scheduled an interview and they never show up. Like <laughs> it is so frustrating. I actually have a hiring coordinator right now who does all of this for me. She's amazing. And she always gives me these reports about how many people just don't show up. It's so surprising to me, but if they can't show up for that initial interview, they can't show up for the job. So it's a test on their commitment. And then in that initial interview, we're checking things like, okay, you said that you wanted to make this amount a year. Is that confirmed? Can we confirm your availability? And then especially if it's a front-facing role, we're confirming their professionalism as well. So with our account managers, strategists, like they really show up on calls for our clients. So we want to make sure that they have a really good on-call presence. Do they have an office at home? Is their Wi-Fi stable enough to be able to host a Zoom call? You know, those are things that we have to be able to have in place in order to hire folks for those roles. Then we do a test project. Now, this is really for an in-house or lower level person if they do not have proof already of their work. Okay. So if someone has proof of their work, meaning testimonials, case studies, et cetera, skip the test project. Um, you're just wasting everyone's time. <laughs> but if they don't, then we need to see if they can fit. And a lot of great people are just starting out, but we need to see if they're a good fit. So we developed an in-house test assessment that we give to these lower level, um, saying lower level, y'all, but you know what I mean? Like, beginner entry level roles. Um, and this assessment is really just to test their skill level. So for us, for social media, there are so many things that could go wrong. And especially with spelling and grammar, y'all, this assessment is really just spelling, grammar, and can you complete a task on time? So we do a group assessment. Um, it does ask for things that are along the lines of social media copy creation and ideas and hashtags and things like that. Like we don't really hire someone if they don't understand what a hashtag is, for instance. So this assesses that skill level. It is a group interview. Um, usually this is for our social media assistant role. Um, group interview on Zoom. Stephanie, my hiring coordinator, facilitates it. They all get the same amount of time. They all get the same assessment. Okay, so that is an, an assessment. It's not paid. It's just to see if you have the skill level to do the role. And it's necessary for entry-level roles because they don't have previous experience. If they have previous experience or they do well on an assessment, then we move to a paid test project. And paid test projects are great because I give them actual work to do. The assessment is not real. It's all hypothetical scenarios. I would never give someone actual work and not pay for it. The paid test project is actual work. So you pass an assessment or we we realize you don't need an assessment, but we still need to see if you can fit with the way that we work. Um, so the paid assessment does that. What it does is gives them a real life client and has them produce real life work. And my goal is to have work that we can actually use because I'm paying for it, obviously. Um, and you can do this with any level. I know with, um, well, we don't do that in our agency because frankly, we have a wait list or people are usually just really excited to work with us and we have lots of proof of work. Um, but if you're looking at a strategist or a social media manager, a VA, like a paid test project is great. You know, 
I'll pay you to write a week's worth of social media posts, or I'll pay you just for the strategy portion first, and then we'll see how that goes, right? So you can pay for a smaller project, see if it's a good fit, and then work on the long-term commitment. I do like a final interview here. And you can flip-flop these. Sometimes I do a paid assessment after the final interview. But I like this full interview process because I really dig deep into how they work. Okay, So how they work. And here are some of the questions that I ask in an interview. And again, it really depends on their level of expertise. But I want to know things like how do they audit and strategize? So how do they approach, you know, troubleshooting if things are working, if they're not? How do they build out strategies? Um, where do they source their information? How do they know what's new and current? Like social media changes a lot and there's a lot of skills involved with that role. So I want to know how they keep up. And then I want to know how they approach creating content. So I know for the agency, we use our own copy stocking process. And so if I'm in a consult call with a client and they ask me this question, I'm talking through the copy stocking process. But if I'm hiring in-house, they don't have our process yet. So I want to know how resourceful they are. Like literally in our application, remember I said, um, please apply if, please don't apply if. One of the things is we say Google's your best friend. Like you love to go and source information yourself, right? So I'm asking questions like... If something pops up and you don't understand it, how do you make sure that you understand it? Right. So you go and you source information and you're resourceful. Um, how do you manage comments and messages? We have a lot of things coming into our clients' inboxes. With this, I'm looking for integrity. So that's one of our values. And I'm looking for communication. That's another one of our values. I don't want people who just guess. I don't want people who get upset when there's like angry things that come through because we have to kind of filter that out for our clients. People on the internet are mean. (laughs) So I want to ask, like if our client gets a mean comment, sometimes we feel feelings. How do you navigate those feelings? You know? Um, And then especially if it's a higher level role, I want to look at how do they report? What do they look for? Um, If I'm hiring, like if you're hiring for an agency, for instance, you want to understand their reporting process. What does that look like? How do they analyze results? And then how do they um, move forward with their findings? And you want to make sure that all of this matches their level of expertise. So a virtual assistant, totally different level of expertise than an agency. And you really shouldn't treat them the same in that hiring interview process. Um, with an agency, you're really asking more about how they do things because they already have a process in place. The virtual assistant, you're asking more questions around character and intent. How would they do things? Or how would they approach certain situations? Because you're probably going to have to train them a little bit and create a process together. So I hope that really gives you a lot to get started on hiring. Y'all, I could talk about this all day. Send me a DM at OnlineTreya on Instagram if you have any follow-up questions, because this is a question we get a lot. Um, It's not easy to broach this topic. Now, next week is part three of this series where I'm going to be breaking down how to collaborate with your new hire. This is the key to success, y'all. We spend so much effort hiring people that we want to make sure when we get the right people, we keep them (laughs) and that they actually do a good job. So I want to talk through how to do that with the social media role specifically. So we will talk about that next week. In the meantime, make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify really helps support the show. I'll see you next week. Bye for now.